Okay. Uh, hashtag beer don't because that's what we're going to be doing this weekend. Uh, me and my buddy Jake, a.k.a. NASCAR DGen, uh, we're going to be live and in person at Bristol this week. And I hope this podcast gets out before Friday. I think Friday is going to be the day because I've got to drive up there tomorrow, seven and a half hours from Florida, and then go straight to the sports book and then straight to the track, watch Arca and Trucks, then probably back to the sports book afterwards. Um, and then, you know, go, go out downtown Bristol, hopefully. Uh, but we can get into that in a little bit. Today, tonight, whenever you're listening to this, uh, special guest of the week. And I, oh, shit, I almost forgot. I am going to be sacrilegious this week. I am not drinking beer. Um, I do have somewhat of a responsible side of me. That if I were to drink beer during this podcast and then wake up at 5 a.m. tomorrow and drive seven and a half hours, not the smartest move. So, mom, if you're listening, you've raised a good one. Okay. He's responsible sometimes. Anyway, uh, Jake, aka NASCAR DGEN, formerly known as Joey Slagano. Uh, he's got a college football Twitter, he's all over the place. South Georgia, I'm, I, I meant to say this too, I'm with two of the most redneck people that I know are in on this podcast this week, so it should be a good one, a couple slow talkers, um, we'll see if Jake likes to talk a lot, we don't know yet because this is his first podcast, um, but I met Jake uh, through iRacing actually, and um, we raced on the same team, and I don't remember exactly what the first race we went to together was, but we ended up going to Daytona. I had no one to go with because I don't have any friends that like NASCAR besides these two, uh, these two guys right here. But um, yeah, Jake and I, I think it was Daytona, was it? Well, without further ado, was... how about we introduce Jake, NASCAR DJ, and Joey Sagano. What was our first race? So I believe our first race was uh, you take some me on a Friday morning truck race at daytona road course and i was like yeah i'm coming it was like a three-hour drive went to jacksonville got with mark we went to daytona and that was the race that it rained remember yeah 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 so uh, i believe that was, was our no, first race there was nobody there uh we drove it typically the drive from jacksonville to daytona is like hour and 20 minutes on race day, that's probably closer to two hours. Um, and we thought we were going to be late. We're taking back roads. We're like, damn, this is going to be bad. It's, you know, obviously it was a truck race. And um, we had a couple co-pilots that were drinking on the way down. Uh, but, yeah, it rained. Um, it was drying up. I don't think they ever used the rain tires. I think it dried up pretty quickly. Um, and I think Ben Rhodes ended up winning. But, yeah, that does, that does ring a bell. Uh, we've had a couple spontaneous uh, race weekends. I think Snowball Derby was got together pretty late. Yeah, yeah that was a fun time. Uh, but yeah, so Jake has become one of my one of my best friends, one of my best, uh, especially my, one of my best NASCAR friends, um, considering I grew up in a town where nobody likes NASCAR. So um, when did you start betting on NASCAR? Why did you st actually take that back? When did you become a NASCAR fan? Do you remember your first race that you went to? Was your dad, your granddad? How, how did this NASCAR fandom come about? 
So um, I never really, growing up, I wasn't I wasn't huge in a NASCAR. Um, I would say probably around 2012 is when my dad would have it on TV every Sunday, and I, you know, be like, turn this off. Nobody wants to watch this. They're literally just turning left. And I would I I think it was 2013 500 uh, was my first race. And I didn't go back for a few years. And then in 2016 is really when I started realizing, you know, this is this badass. Like, I want to watch Trucks, Xfinity Cup every week. And uh, gambling, you were you were my is that your bad person influence? to just say, yeah, you were just a bad influence. <laughs> meet, meet Mark on iRacing in 2020. And um, he starts – telling me about matchups and all this shit. I'm like, what is a matchup? Uh, I remember him texting me, like, his cards, the way he does them. And I'm like, so who are you taking in this matchup? Like, what's what's going on here? What does 3U mean? What does 2U mean? And so Mark was my – he was my bad influence on the gambling. So 2020 is when I started NASCAR gambling. Yeah, so side note, um, I got iRacing during COVID because I was in between jobs and I had nothing to do. And I had been watching it on Twitch and on YouTube, and I, I knew I wanted to get into it one day, but I was like, you know, I don't, I don't know anything about computers. I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, I don't even know if it would be fun. And then COVID hit, and I'm twiddling my thumbs sitting around, and I got on it, and um, luck of the draw met Jake. And, the, you know, it's, it's funny because I used to make fun of people that, like, made friends on the internet and then would like go hang out with them. Same thing with Rory and like Derek and Phil and Chris and Seth and all those guys uh, from the live stream. It's like explaining to my parents what I'm doing. I'm like, Hey, I'm going, I'm flying up to Pennsylvania to like talk with, hang out with some dudes I've never met before that I met online. And it's so funny to look back. Cause like two years ago, I'd have been like, that's so stupid. Like, come on, like get a life. Right. But in reality, it's brought me to this podcast. It's brought me so much fun in iRacing. It's brought me so much uh, education from gambling. Um, and so, yeah, it's only fitting. Uh, we had to have, we, we did, Rory and I did a podcast by ourselves. And then we had to get uh, Derek on because he was the one that brought us together. And then I had to get my buddy Jake on, who's been like, the only, like one of the guys that I talk NASCAR with just about every day probably not every day, but multiple times a week. Um, and he's really got this gambling thing down. Um, and, uh, and truthfully, I would say a lot of times I'll, if I like a bet or I like a value, I'll run it off Jake and I'll be like, what do you think about this? And he'll either confirm my thoughts or he'll say, you're crazy. Like, why would you even think about that? And so Jake is like a lot. And I've said, I've tweeted this before, but Jake on the back end, um, has really helped me think through things and bring different plays and value plays to the table. Um, so it's been, it's been, it's been good to, to get to know you, Jake, and thanks for coming on. Um, all right, enough with the, the stupid stuff and the sop story. Um, this is probably a record that I've uh, kept, kept Rory over there on mute. Um, but the question I have for you, Rory, is your – presence going to be in bristol this weekend i know it's late you just talked you just heard jake and i talk about last second plans going to races you just teased it a little bit before the podcast talk to me 
Well, I was getting ready to say, you think he's a bad influence. Wait till you fucking hang out with me. Like, <laughs> and I would love to come come down there. I don't know. I'm going to try to make it happen. If I can come down Saturday morning, party all day, I'll just run around and meet people that are out there in the damn parking lot, wherever. I don't care. I'll bullshit, talk with people, drink a few beers, kill some time. I can listen to the race on the damn, on my radio, my headphones in if I wanted to like I'm just there for the party but I, I won't try to I would love to come hang out with y'all yeah man all right well if you don't come to Bristol this weekend we'll definitely uh we got to get to a race maybe not this year I know I'm going to Homestead um that's a little far for both of y'all but um yeah if anyone all right so if this podcast comes out on Friday which I plan and I hope that it does uh jake and i will be at bristol we'll be at all three races we're staying in a hotel in downtown bristol uh so if you guys are up there let's drink beer bunch of cold beer all right without further ado let's talk gambling let's talk bristol let's talk nascar we just got done with the nascar betting preview show um with Derek yoder um does a great job every week and we changed it up a little bit this week we went not just the featured matchup we had uh, the four guys up there, we had Cody Zeeb uh, come on as a special guest. Um, and we changed up the format a little bit. We all picked a different featured matchup. We all picked our favorite top 10 bet. We all picked our favorite outright bet. And then we also picked our favorite quote-unquote value bet. So, Rory, I thought you were going to go with your boy that you said that you were going to kiss on the forehead that I may or may not tweet that video out. Uh, when this podcast drops, but why did you go with Harvick over Larson and your favorite outright? Because I was like, no shot he's not taking Larson here. Well, it's just one of those things. I've had him circled for months. They seem excited that they're going to Bristol. A lot of confidence. It's had fast cars the last few weeks, just bad luck. I mean, fuck you do when your car catches on fire. I mean, <laughs> from poor design. I mean, it is is what it is. I mean, but the I, that car has shown a lot of speed here lately, and it hasn't shown it at qualifying practice. More so in a long run, if you sit there and look at the long run speed, and I feel like Harvick Harvick finally got into his groove with this car, and he should have won that race last year. I mean. You know, if he cut Elliott's tire on purpose or not, that's some damn talent right there. Like, if you did that intentionally, I think he might have been racing them hard. I don't feel like he cut his tire on purpose because that's just I, – I mean, I understand you put the fender up there on those those cars versus these now. You, you have that sheet metal, sharp, everything like that. But I just feel like he's a guy that – this race is going to go long green flag at some point. It may turn shit show towards the end. It, it eventually, if, if a caution comes out, you know how cautions breed other cautions. I mean, that's all it would take with 100 laps to go, I feel like. Now, you could see the first, seg- first stages and segments going green, and I think that's going to pay off to his advantage. And then once once Happy gets up front, even in even in a shit show, as long as that pit crew gets him off or whatever, I have full confidence in him on restarts. 
So you you brought up, uh, you know, sometimes this race can get drawn out. There can be long green flag runs like a conveyor belt back in the old days, just riding the bottom. Um, but a few years ago, obviously, we saw that, the, you know, the one that sticks out to me is the Matthew Benedetto versus Denny Hamlin. Like, I had Matthew Benedetto plus 10,000 in that race. It was like the most heartbroken I'd ever been in my life. I have a personal vendetta against Ryan Newman ever since that. But my question is, do you guys think we're going to see the racing like Martinsville earlier this year where it was just total merry-go-round conveyor belt, no one could pass, the, you know, a lot of talk about the rear diffuser on short tracks? Or do you think that we're going to see the two-lane racing that we saw last year and the last few years for that matter? I personally think that with the banking um, I don't know if they're doing PJ one or resin or whatever the fuck they call it these days, um, on the bottom groove, which is what they've done the last few years, but I think there's still going to be the two, two lanes. Um, you know, they talk about obviously dirty air and, and bad air is a, is a hot topic, um, from drivers that whenever they want to complain, they just talk about the air coming off the back of the car. I think there's going to be two lanes. I think there's going to, well, there might be three, actually, maybe not three wide, but there could be three distinct lanes. You know, you can wrap the bottom. Um, you can run the middle where you kind of come in and drift up the track in the middle and then drive down off the corner, or you can, you can run the tippy top. Um, and what, what do you guys think? You think we're going to see conveyor belt, Jake, or do you think we're going to see uh, two, three lanes working in? I think uh, I think we'll see some of both of it. Honestly, I think uh, I think early in the race you might see some uh, conveyor belt style, just everybody kind of taking the same line, single file a little bit. Um, I think once it starts to get later in the race, people are going, you know, realize, hey, I, we gotta we gotta go forward. We can't keep sitting right here in ninth or wherever you're at in the field. So I think um, I think we'll see some of both of it. Rory? Yeah, once that, once that rubber starts building, I can see them starting to move up and up and up. And, I mean, it's not going to take long for that rubber to get there and keep moving its way up. <clears throat> I just – I hope that's that's what it is because I don't want to see no passing whatsoever. Um, are they doing a gear change here? Like, shifting this – you know, that – that would be my biggest concern is that's a problem on short tracks. I feel like, and I feel like that's the problem Martinsville had and why they're trying to pick a different gear package and trying out different tires. It looked like it held rubber good, but I, I didn't know either one of y'all know if they actually have talked about it in any interviews. The, the only thing that I heard was on the radio earlier this week on uh, NASCAR radio, and I think it was a question. It was a question mark. Like it was a statement, but I, and I can't remember who said it. Um, but I don't think that we're going to know until we see practice and qualifying. And you have a point. Um, you know, they went and tested at Martinsville what, maybe a month ago. Um, they tried different tire compound and different gear ratio. Um, I hope that this fifth gear does not ruin short track racing. And I don't even think that you're going to. I don't, I think we have bigger problems with just the gearing ratio, but um, I don't think we're going to know until the cars hit the track, if they're, if, you know, shifting is going to be faster 
or not. Um, I was getting I went, ready to say that's the shitty part is they ran on dirt early, earlier this year instead of us actually getting to see a race on concrete, even though that one would have been in the daytime and this one at nighttime probably. It still would have gave us an, a read and an idea. And it's kind of like Martinsville, you know, you know that they're trying to improve. <laughs> so, see, that even messes that whole handicap in the Martinsville right. up, too. Right. Coming into it, if you're putting out – I mean, I, I don't mind taking a few guys that, like, I know I'm confident in coming into this weekend. But I also want to see practice and qualifying before I go, like, gonzo on something. Yeah, so that's that's the tough part for me week in and week out is – I before practicing qualifying, I try to find the quote unquote value plays and try to find the plays that, like I was talking about on Derek's show earlier, is the plays that you're going to take pre practice and qualifying are the plays that you think or you know that are the odds are only going to get worse. So, like my example this week is Joey Logano. So, I think he opened at 16 to 1, maybe down to 15 to 1 right now. But if he goes out and qualifies 18th and has practice speed of 13th those odds are not going to change so and and you wouldn't want to take him at 15 to 1 anyway if those are his practice qualifying numbers but if he goes out and he has you know his five and ten lap average is fourth and he qualifies second well now you're looking at like nine to one ten to one so to your point rory and especially at a place like bristol yeah, we could see the conveyor belt type and we could we could possibly see Martinsville, but we all know and everyone listening to this show knows damn well that this race could turn into some fuckery, some stupid shit can happen. Matt De Benedetto in the 95 battling for the win, like cars can come. Um, guys that I'm looking at are like Justin Haley, crazy top 10 odds, Harrison Burton, crazy top 10 odds. So those would be some of the bets that I would look at before practicing qualifying. And then you got to, I think the bread and butter this week, especially at Bristol, um, is going to come after practice and qualifying. So, Jake, is that kind of how you look at it? Or is there anything that we're missing that you look at pre practice and qualifying? Or are you more of a post practice qualifying guy? I mean, I, I pretty much do the same as you pretty well. I mean, I, you know, look for value early in the week. And sometimes you're right, sometimes you're wrong. Um, is it the best strategy? Probably not because you end up betting a shit ton of stuff early in the week and then practicing qualifying happens and you're like, okay, well, I've bet everything that is opposite of what I should have bet. And then you got to bet things to even break even or possibly win, depending on how much you bet on guys that do have a chance after practicing qualifying. So it's, um, it's definitely, there's more ways than one to approach when you place bets on NASCAR just because practicing qualifying is so beneficial sometimes. Yeah, I think you, you have a point there because – and this really probably doesn't get talked about enough, and I probably don't pay attention to it enough at, or as much as I should. It's like I put a unit on Joey Lagana 15-1, and after practicing qualifying, I could like look like a just a big old dummy, right? Um, but I think that's the risk that I'm willing to take. And that's also a risk that you should take because 
if that number does, if Joey Logano's number, and I'm just using Joey as an example this week, it, it, it's going to vary with number and driver, but if Joey does get down to eight to one, nine to one, then, then I'm going to look like a hero taking 15 to one. And I'm really glad that my thoughts and my observations were correct earlier in the week. But um, I guess my point is, is I think most the, the bets that I look at or that I'm going to place before practicing qualifying are going to be the 15 to one, 20 to one, the outrights, the top threes, top fives. I love me some top 10 bets pre-practice qualifying because, you know, if you got a guy that's, you know, plus 110 or minus 110 or anywhere in that range, and then he, you know, he qualifies fifth, well, that number is going to be borderline unplayable. So where do you, Rory, where do you find the fine line of, okay, I'm, I want to hold off on this bet. I want to see where they are after practice qualifying, but I don't want to lose the value that's there. Well, I mean, I, I like that Justin Haley top 10. 15 play. to 1, like, baby. Yeah, yeah, like that's something you – that those are bets that you definitely want to jump on because you know that's not going to be there after practice and qualifying. Like it's one of those if you don't take it early, then then you don't probably take it later and then it hits. And, and to go along with your way of – I always say play at the beginning of the week like, who you think is going to win? Like, always. Now, am I saying I'm going to go all in on Harvick right here at 900 when he has typically been qualifying in the back of the field? Probably not, but I'll go ahead and grab it just in case just all of a sudden out of nowhere they end up on the pole or something and fastest in practice, and then now we're talking about five to one going off. Like, you you have to, like, like you said, you have to pick your – Pick your spots at viewing where do you think the market is going to go after the odds come down and they come back up. Like, you're always trying to play. If, if you can beat the market on, on certain guys and you, and you think it's going to drop, then you come back and get the market on the guys that you didn't take earlier that now there's even more value on, and it's kind of a full-out hedge all the way around, and you possibly can hit on on all of it, regardless of whether you're taking top ten or or even if you're just you know playing a bunch of guys at that 30, 40 to one mark, something like that. If you play a few people with a little bit of money on it, at least it gets your money back. Like it, it's always you always play a little bit on some longer shots. I mean. I don't always post them, but I always have some guys that that I typically tend to see and just think, well, you never know, maybe. Like one one thing that I struggle with is, like you said, I don't always post them, and some of the bets that I have pending already this week will not end up on my card, and that's kind of a fine line that I struggle with was like, okay, early in the week, I really love this driver at this track. And I absolutely loved the number that he got. And that's why I laid it. And then after practicing qualifying, I'm like, holy shit, that that's probably a terrible bet. That's losing money. That's like burning money there. I, I, I don't, I don't like that at all. I would never put that on my card. Um, so I think that, you know, that you got to find the fine line of, um, you know, what you have to be, or I guess not the fine line. You got to be disciplined on what you're taking pre-practice qualifying because there's so much data and there's so much information out there nowadays 
with, you know, five average lap times, five laps, 10 laps, 15, 20, sometimes even 30 laps on these short, on these short tracks. Um, so that's definitely something that, that everyone should be weary of. And that's something I'm going to try to do better at is um, maybe not necessarily limiting the number of pre-practice and qualifying bets, but really thinking about, okay, is this a bet that I'm going to see on my card come Sunday or in this, in this case, Saturday night? Is this a bet like Joey Logano, 15 to one pre-practicing qualifying that will be on my card. There's no doubt in my mind, Kyle Busch, eight to one will be on my card, no matter how he qualifies or how, no matter how he practices. Um, so I want to touch on, on the show, the NASCAR betting preview show that we did earlier uh, this week. There was a lot of talk about track history and also what have you done for me lately this year? And especially with the new car, how do you, you know, how much do you take from previous track history and how much do you take from, okay, what has he done on comp tracks this year? What has he done in the last five, six, eight, ten races this year? Where is y'all's line between, because I know there's, there's guys, you know, like Phil who loves track history and it works out for him. And then there's guys like me who have kind of have like a hybrid of, all right, I look at track history and I look at comp tracks and I look at what have you done for me lately and I try to put it all together. And if it all matches up, then that's something that I'm definitely going to play. So, Rory, what are your thoughts on track history versus what have you done for me lately? That's exactly my thought going into it is just like a mixture. Like, I, especially with this new car this year, I've learned, learned my lesson from earlier in this year that track history really i think it's lining up more now towards the latter part now a little bit and switching around but it was killing me at the beginning of the year because i was like man track history i don't have shit to do with none of this right now like it's just roll with whoever the hell's hot and ride it until it stops and then Somebody else ends up being hot. But then here over the course of the past five races, it's been a pretty consistent group of guys that, that are up front winning these races minus Daytona. I mean, you can't yeah. you can't take that race into effect. But it's just, um, just one of those things that, I don't know, I just go week by week. <laughs> yeah. like some, some weeks, like, I don't like shit i just sit there and look at it and look at it and look at it and then finally my degenerate ass kicks in and i end up betting on something or more so i switch over to just like i'm gonna sit here and watch this i'm probably gonna take it live chill out and then other weeks it's just like i look at it and i'm like this looks like the most beautiful thing that i've ever seen (laughs) well what is it this week I kind of like Bristol. Uh, I feel like who I think I like going in, going into the weekend and how I think some of their odds are going to move. I feel, feel pretty comfortable in my way of thinking. I may be totally wrong coming out of it. I know y'all like KFB, at least you do. And I just have this feeling that KFB season's getting ready to go down the shitter. Well, I feel like it already has gone down the shitter. And I think, and I can't remember who said it, but someone said now he's got all this behind him, right? Kyle Busch has got all of his loose ends tied up. 
he apologized to his family and his pressers for, for not spending time with them over the last couple of months. Um, now, I also saw a tweet that was, you know, some gab at him that was like, um, is, uh, well, you have one of two options. Uh, JGR has one of two options. One, unexpected um, engine failure and avoidable pit stop that goes haywire. Like, yeah, you can never, when you're betting on something, you can never count on that or expect that. But that just seems like how Kyle Busch's year is going. Like, he'll have a crazy fast car, dominate the race, lead all these laps, and then he has a shitty pit stop and he gets, you know, buried in 15th or an engine breaks, or he gets wrecked in the, the back at Michigan when he took, he pitted and he shouldn't have pitted. So um, I don't know where I was going with that, but yes, I do love Kyle Busch this week. Um, I know Jake likes Kyle Busch this week. And the reason I like Kyle Busch this week is if you look at the last eight races at Bristol, Kyle Busch, um, last year he was running fifth late in the race, got a flat tire. I don't know what he finished, but before that second, fourth, fourth first and then he crashed again in the top five and then the next two after that were first and first so do knows how to get it done here he is on a championship chase uh he's you know the toyotas have been super fast and this is a line that while right now it's eight to one and it looks like it you know that's not tremendous value I think when you look at you back up and you look at what Toyota has done this year and some of the cars that Kyle Busch has driven this year, um, I think that's a pretty good number. And I also think that's another number that after practice and qualifying could totally tank to like, you know, five to one or six to one. So um, oh, you're definitely probably good. Me thinking that that's going to happen and, and <laughs> it's just, just going to be a shit box and hands up wrecking out or something. I don't think he's going to be a shit box, but I don't know. I guess I have a sour taste in my mouth one time when I took him there and then he ended up like 38th or some shit. I don't know. Don't, I remember it. Don't, don't get me wrong. I have lost a shitload of money on Kyle Busch this year. Matchups, top three, top five, outright, you name it. It's it's cash in all race long and then something happens. Right. And so I understand what your the sour taste is your mouth about Kyle Busch. Um, one more thing about Kyle Busch off the topic of gambling on NASCAR. But on the radio this morning with uh, the, the guys in the morning drive, they were saying that they've never seen in the history of Kyle Busch's career the amount of positive feedback that he's gotten from going to RCR and they had a theory that it was maybe because he was going to Chevy and that people like have always hated Toyota ever since they came in the sport. And obviously Kyle Busch is a controversial driver, but him being in a Toyota just like magnified everyone's hatred towards him. But they're, I, can't, I think they're kind of right. Like, I don't know if I just haven't been on Twitter a lot this week or what, but I feel like there really hasn't been a ton of hate on Kyle Busch. I don't What, what do y'all think? Jake, you think uh, – because, Jake, I know you've been a Kyle Busch guy. I, you're a Chase Elliott first and foremost, but you also like Kyle Busch. I thought that was kind of funny that you could like both of them. But what are your thoughts on Kyle Busch uh, being received in a positive manner? I think uh, I think one of the biggest things with Kyle was he built such a bad reputation early in his career. And I think the last five or so years he's kind of toned it down a little bit. 
I think, like you said, people, him and a Toyota just kind of magnified it. Um, but at the end of the day, you got one of the best drivers in NASCAR going to RCR, which obviously has some of the most history in the sport. And not only are they, you know, competitors this year, whatever, now you're going with, with a champion that's won over 200 races in a car that's won how many races has Reddick won this year? Two? I like two, or yeah. Three? So now you have a champion in that seat that's won 200 races, and I think that's just exciting for the sport in general. I think it's cool as shit. Like, I love it. I love all the pissed-off Toyota people that that are upset because he's leaving. Like, it, it's, a, it's almost – it needs that meme, you know, the one with the girl – crying crying out like oh, I love yeah. it. it it's a it's a it's absolutely beautiful like i'm so glad he's coming over to chevrolet i hated seeing them over there in toyota it's like fuck that i, I mean even if he would have came back and went went to ford anything but that damn toyota like i love it 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 just it it started making sense once once they mentioned Kyle Busch can't get a sponsor. And I'm sitting there like, what? You're, nah. Like, this ain't even making sense now. And, I mean, they went through, like, he didn't run worth a damn for a while there. And he has been been fast here lately. Like, I'm not going to say that. But I'm just curious of what we're, we're going to see the rest of the way. Like, uh. I don't know. I just have to believe they're pouring a lot of lot of everything they have right now into Hamlin and Bell. Yeah, I think what you said about them not being able to find a sponsor for Kyle Busch is absolute bullshit. It's ridiculous. It's false. There's no way. I would love to walk up to the head people at Toyota and Joe Gibbs Racing and say, you guys are lying to everybody. There's no way that it's because of sponsorship. Now I could believe that like, Oh, Kyle, I would, I wish they would have came out and said, Kyle Bush is too expensive for us. You know, he requires 10 million salary a year, whatever, 8 million salary a year. And we can pay, uh, ah. we could, we could pay Ty Gibbs, you know, three million. Two million, what, I, three yeah, million I don't know whatever. what the numbers are, but they right. can pay, I would rather them come out and say that than, than run Kyle Bush off and say, oh, we couldn't find sponsorship. And we may never know what the answer is or what the issue was. Or maybe maybe it was Kyle Bush. Maybe Kyle just wanted out. And that's what they all agreed on to say, oh, we couldn't find the right sponsorship, blah, 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 blah. I think Kyle did want a new start. I think I, he was. I think you might be right. I think he was done with there. And I also would say, I think. Kyle and maybe possibly Dell Jr. could be going in on this RCR deal. Like, whoa. Why? I mean, that, that I don't was, know. I'm just saying, like, why, why, why is this his destination? And I thought that from the get go when I'd heard the rumors going around that that probably was going to be it. And I'm like, why else would he be going there other than? Maybe Junior wants a partner. Both of them do. 
don't want to go all balls in, full ownership. That, that's what you see a lot of nowadays is where they go half and half. And, and right. it makes it better for the team also, I think, because then you got a startup team basically, but it's already in place. But then you have people with visions wanting to make it better. It's easier for them if they got two guys that's half and half on everything, and they're both very smart people that's been around racing for a long time. Like, it is it, – it makes sense. I mean, I could be just making up a bunch of shit here and just thinking yeah, listen, off the this, wall, this, but – This is what this podcast is about, baby. Conspiracy theories, beer drinking, <laughs> you name it. Jake, what do you got? No, I agree with Rory completely. One of my initial thoughts – I was watching the announcement live uh, Tuesday, and one of my initial thoughts were like, what, what kind of role is this going to put him in when he is not in the seat anymore? And I think – I think that possibly that has a lot more to do with this than maybe we realize right now. Um, yeah, and I think um, there's obviously been rumblings about Junior going cup racing. Um, you know, I, I don't think that Junior's partnership or alliance or whatever you want to call it is going to be with RCR. I would have to imagine that it would ha- it would it would be with Hendrick um, just because. Of you see some of the, the, the cars that Hendrick has put out uh, in the one-off Xfinity races and, um, you know, the, the drivers that, um, that have gone to the Cup Series have come from JRM. Um, and if you look at the NASCAR app and it says the owners, it has like a different owner for each, uh, each car. And Rick Hendrick is an owner of one of the JRM cars, quote unquote. And I also know that, I, I guess on the flip side, the devil's advocate is, is one cup owner can't own five cars or can't run five cars or own five charters, whatever the rule is. So maybe junior does look at RCR as an option. Um, that'd be quite interesting, but all right. Any more on Kyle Bush? I hope not. I'm tired of fucking talking about it. Um, let's move into hashtag shitbox play of the week. And Jake, if you don't know, this can be like a not top 10, this could be like your number one play of the week. This could be like the the door bumper clear guys that have like, what an idiot. By the way, Brett Griffin, if you're listening, please unblock me, dude. I tweeted at you one time. It's some dumb shit. Like, come on, stop being so soft. Anyway, hashtag shitbox play of the week. Uh, Skybox NASCAR here. I'm going Eric Jones, top 10, plus 180. That number has moved a little bit. Um, I think it started at plus 160. Now it's plus 180 on DraftKings. I thought that was very interesting that it would go that way um, and not down. Uh, Eric Jones, last three Bristol starts on the pavement because uh, fuck dirt. Uh, 5.3 average finish last three. Uh, I know a couple of those uh, were in the JGR number 20, uh, but last year he finished eighth in the, the Richard Petty car, the number 43. And uh, I said this on the show. Uh, Ryan from iFantasy Race, guy puts out incredible content, right? He's a numbers guy. He also reads the room. Okay, so so Eric Jones, every other race theory. So since Gateway, every other race. So last week at Kansas, shitty race. Don't even know what he finished. It's irrelevant, but it was shitty. Okay, going back, starting at Darlington, every other race back to Gateway. First, 10th, 8th, 9th, 4th, 11th, 7th. Plus three straight top tens at Bristol the last three. Give me Eric Jones, top 10, plus 180. 
I'm gonna uh, I'm going with Harvick uh, plus nine hundred. I think his previous history at Bristol is uh, pretty insane, and I personally think we're gonna see Harvick qualify top five, and you're probably gonna end up getting him Saturday morning or whenever they qualify at probably six hundred plus seven hundred somewhere through there. Um, I don't see his value getting any longer after practicing qualifying. Yeah, and you said something uh, earlier. I don't know if it was recording or not, but you said something about um, Kevin Harvick's interview last week, and he was like, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen at Bristol, right? Yeah, he said uh, he was acting very confident after uh, after the post-race or in the post-race interview this past week. So he knows that this is one of his best tracks, I think. They know this is one of their best tracks, and I, I expect to see some big things out of him Saturday. Yes, sir. Rory, what you got? You ready? Yeah. <clears throat> Let's roll with the good old Alex Bowman plus 120 top 10. Let, oh, like let's, do, let's do that. He's an actual shitbox, too, by the way, until the <laughs> last last few weeks, it seems like all of a sudden playoff time. He. He's probably been the biggest one that surprised me. I, I didn't think they were going to come back out of that hole except maybe one random ass race maybe or something. He's actually looked pretty damn good. I mean, he led a lot of laps last week. And top five at Dover earlier this year, bring, bring, bring that top ten plus money on to me. And we also got two more shit boxes of the week tonight, too. Don't forget, we got Xfinity and trucks. Oh, yes, sir. All right, so I'm going to go uh, – let's start with trucks. Uh, I'm going to go a little different. Um, this is kind of a last-minute audible, a little something that uh, uh, Russell Wilson and whoever their coach is, Nathaniel Hackett and Denver should have had with a minute to go. Call a fucking timeout, you idiots. So I'm calling a timeout. I'm going to audible here. I'm going Ty Majeski, top three, plus 210. Lock it in right now. The dude works. He, so I just found out a couple weeks ago that Ty Majeski is an engineer on his own truck. So, like, not only does he drive the car, but he also sets the truck up, right? He, he knows what's in the truck. He knows what, you know, what the adjustments are needed on the truck. And the equipment is no slouch. I, I mean, he's in my opinion, he's had the best uh, season out of any Thor sport guy this year. So time, I, I was, I was kind of debating on if I wanted to go John Hunter something or Chandler Smith, obviously the two favorites, but I love time of Jeske. And I, it's, it, it's tough for me to bet time of Jeske outright, but I am very comfortable taking him top three. I don't mind that at all. I took him top five even earlier. So, if you, like I said, you want to bump up to that plus two something, then then jump on it. My my truck play that we're gonna roll with just out of let's just do it. Carson Hosmar top yeah. three plus plus four hundred. Like yes, sir. Like or I mean even even Stewie Friesen plus three fifty. Like no, you got to pick one. But I'm, I'm just mentioning him. I'll roll, I'll roll with Host Bar. So Roy took my pick. Host 
top three well, plus four hundred. I love it. Uh, let's let's talk about host bar for a second. Unless you want. All right. Well, fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it. I'll make mine freezing. <laughs> no, I got another one. I got I another mean, one. Had, okay. I got another one. Uh, I'm gonna go. I love that with, Wheaties hat. By the way, that that's beautiful. It's awesome. Fire hat. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Ben Rhodes top five plus one twenty. So I think. Go ahead. He ran good here last year, and I think I think we might see him in the top five at the end of Friday night. All right. So I'm just writing down some notes here so I can talk shit at the end of this weekend and tell you how much you guys suck. Anyway, um, <laughs> but dude, Ben Rhodes. They talked about him at the truck race at Kansas. Dude, Ben Rhodes has sucked over the summer and into fall. Dude, Ben Rhodes has been so bad dude like i i think it was um rp is rp he got got lapped twice i think he got lapped twice and he looked like a dingus dude ben so now he's i don't want to shit on your bet jake because i was a ben Rhodes believer and we all know obviously he won the championship last year we all know that ben Rhodes can get it done He's got good equipment. I don't know if they they missed the setup a few races in a row or what the fuck they did, but Ben Rhodes needs to turn it around. And Bristol is a perfect place to do it. I, I don't I'm totally with you there. Don't take that shit from him, Jake. You give it back. <laughs> no, he can he can have his opinion. I mean, he's he's right. Ben Rhodes hasn't done anything recently, but I just feel like him, you know, being a past champion, being pretty good at bristol last year i feel like they can they can turn it around yeah plus money on a top five yeah see that's the part that i like about it is you know ben rhodes we all know we all know that he can come out and win a race uh and we all know he can come out and run top five so this is probably a good week to hop on the plus money top five you know i wish it was more value right there yeah i don't really consider that I, I'm not trying to knock the opinion of thinking here because where the hell did he finally – was it – what track was it that he ran good at? The only one, like you were saying, Mark, like it was like this just gigantic long period of time that truck has just been awful since Bristol. And it was one race in there, and I can't remember exactly where it was. He he fell back, then he came back through the field and actually pulled out like a top five there. You know, I think it was IRP. I think I'm wrong. Yeah, I think, that, got, that. I think he he got lapped at Richmond, like green flag run, two laps down. IRP yeah. is when he came. I think he came back from a lap down, maybe threw some tires on it uh, late on the end there. And that's another thing that is tough when you're gambling is you're, you're on the right strategy all day long. And then a late caution comes out and your guy takes tires and the guy you bet against didn't take tires. And now you're sweating your ass off waiting on this to finish. But I think that's what happened at IRP with Ben Rhodes. I think you're right. I, right. I expect a, I expect a complete shit show in the damn truck race. Yeah. I, I don't know why, but I just expect like a Martinsville almost experience. <laughs> like last year you remember remember the fall race when zane smith finally won in advance oh yeah 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 
That was one of the most ridiculous and money losing days in my entire life that should not have even been close to like losing money. All right. No, I'm with you there. I don't remember the race exactly, but I've been on plenty of sides of those. All right. Damn it. Um, you need to start watching these things. Okay. Rory, I watched the damn race, okay? I, I didn't watch Kansas because I took a nap on the couch, and I didn't watch Darlington because I'm at my sister's house for a cookout. No, I'm just kidding. We're going to have I'll to say, bring you on live every single race. Like, we're just going right. to have to start going live every single race. Jake's involved. I can see Jake watches the races. Yeah, Jake watches the races. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to wrap this up. We're going to do Xfinity, and then we're going to do hashtag Rory stories because – it's 10:15 Eastern on Wednesday night, and I'm leaving for Bristol at 5 a.m. tomorrow. So I'm gonna let suck it up, Buttercup. Okay, here we go. Um, I'm gonna let you guys go first because I just realized that I uh, I've been taking thunder. So um, if you guys are ready, fire away Xfinity picks. If you're not ready, then I'll fire away. I got mine. Right, I'm going Sheldon out. Creed. Sheldon Creed top three plus 400 Juicy. he was awesome awesome last year he uh, he's awesome in the trucks not not Xfinity but I I absolutely love this play I think he knows how to get around this track and I think that is awesome value for a top three so how much do you take like I understand what you're saying about he don he totally dominated the truck race last year at Bristol how much do you think translate from trucks to Xfinity? Do you think it's how you drive the track, how you manage your tires? Um, you know, when do you have a sense of urgency to go when you don't, you know, do you think that plays into it or what's kind of, your, I, where's your I think, I think Bristol, Bristol is just so technical as far as, you know, driving, maneuvering the track, getting around people, you know, knowing when to pass, when to sit back and wait to set up a pass. Um, Obviously knows how to get around track, so I feel like that's that's kind of why I love this play is just from his experience and you know effort efficiency to get around people at this track. All right, while Roy's figuring out his play, I have an idea. I already got I already got my play. All right, well I'm going to tell you guys this idea before I forget it. All right, so next week. Um, we're going to be prepared for this, but this week we're just going to tweet it out. But I have an idea. We're all going to choose one driver to win outright trucks, Xfinity cup, and we're parlaying them together and we're going to win some damn money and we're all going to split the winnings. How about that? So look for the tweet later this week. We'll have a screenshot. It'll probably be Barstool. Maybe it's DraftKings. I don't know. Whoever the hell lets us do it. Um, but the guest, and me and Rory are going to brainstorm outright winner parlay. All right, Rory, hit us with your Xfinity shitbox play of the week. Xfinity shitbox bet of the week. Sam Mayer minus 125 over Austin Hill. Oh, I Hammer love that. the shit out of that. Like, love, love that. I love I like that. Sam, I like Sam Mayer to win, but I absolutely love that. Well, I've I've kind of been an uh, uh, Austin Hill Sheldon Creed hater this year, um, and then when I when I go full blown balls to the wall fade, 
uh, they Austin Hill somehow finishes second. And just they show me. up out of nowhere. No yeah, dude, you wasn't you wasn't that big of a hater at Daytona. <laughs> yeah, damn right. <laughs> <laughs> I had no, him. I'll I had him. At, I had him at Daytona. Seventeen, I think. We're, Eighteen we're, to one. We're sitting. We're sitting in the stands, looking at the cars lined up on pit road, and Mark goes, "Holy fuck, he's starting second, plus twenty two hundred. We gotta bet him." We Dude, bet him. Fuck it. That's what the same race. thing I was thinking. The exact same thing. Dude. I was like, are they not, like, looking at anything right here? Blasphemy, dude. I'm like, I think it started out. I think I looked at Jake. We were we were at the track, and I was like, who is in the 21 car? Like, I definitely should know who that is. And he was like, I think it's Austin Hill. So I pulled up the odds, and I was like, oh, my God, 22 to 1? That's ridiculous. He's starting second. Clearly, he's got good equipment. What the fuck's going on here? And bingo. Well, thank God Jake was with you to tell you yeah, who the right. hell the driver was. <laughs> okay, first race of the yeah. year. Give me a break. <laughs> you got to be keeping up with that shit. What the hell? All right, so here's another thing that I just remember. I always so, look at the – I look at the entry list every week just to see whose random-ass well, name I'm going to see on there before – you know, they finally dropped the damn odds. Well, once we um, get into the season, I, I know who's racing. And then, obviously, you're thumbing through Twitter every week and you find out who the miscellaneous guys are that are going to have good equipment or maybe not have good equipment. You got to figure you're out. Talking about, you're talking about somebody that knows IndyCar numbers. Yeah, so. I, I couldn't tell you one single name and number. I could tell you names. I couldn't tell you any number. Is Willpower number 12? Yes. Let's go. Out of my ass. Let's go. What's Scott Scott McLaughlin? Um, Three? Yes. Yeah. What's what's Joseph? New Garden? Yeah. Two? Yes. Let's go. Give me another one. Give me another one. What's Alex Pelot? Oh shit! That's where he lost me. Twenty six, ten. Damn. What's Herda? <laughs> no. Oh yeah, Herda's twenty six. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to envision the leaderboard on the left hand side of the screen. All right. Um. Yeah, we're wrapping this <laughs> up. I need to hell with IndyCar. We got Bristol. We got three races this weekend. I want to see right. IndyCars at Bristol. <laughs> okay, now you're talking my language. But, dude, just put some wheel covers on them, a little eye racing. We'll test them in eye racing. It'll be good to go, dude. Hell yeah, absolutely. All right, Rory. <laughs> what, you have- what do you think down there, Jake? We get some Indy cars right. at Bristol. And it would uh, it'd be wild. We have cars <laughs> landing in the hey. stands with us. You yeah, watching we- in Indy car? No, I do not. I could not have named one of those numbers that Martin just did. <laughs> this, this past championship run, they don't do like 10 race shootout or anything. They do it more old school NASCAR, whole season. My God, this was like five drivers had a chance at winning the championship going into the last race. It, it was one of the best IndyCar seasons I've ever seen. Wait, the season's over? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, Shucks, I missed well. it. Shit. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. A-Day. Right. I'll tell you this. Listen, I'll tell you this. 
the Indy 500 is 1000% on my bucket list. Like I am going to an Indy 500. That shit looks fun as hell. Yeah. I mean, just check it out. Like if they run before the NASCAR race on that day and you have an opportunity, just check out one of the races every once in a while it gets full blown just like NASCAR does. And it's, it's a big, just pull off every once in a while though. It's crazy what these things turn into when they turn into shit shows at the end of them. It's like the wildest restart you've ever seen in your life. And I mean, also it, it's a lot of good racing going on in the field. It's usually, usually one guy does hit the damn setup and gets out there and clean air. And it makes it, makes it more of, of just, you're seeing that, but then all of a sudden a caution comes out at the wrong time in the race. And then all of a sudden, bam, we got like well, all this crazy ass, just whatever going on. I'm okay with, all right, so I wear two hats. I wear the fan hat and I wear the gambler hat. And as a gambler, I am totally cool with one guy going out there and just I gave you, I gave you a winner one day. I know you did. That matchup was I a was lot. Like, I was like, hey, let, what, what kind of IndyCar matchups do you have? And we're scrolling down through there, and I'm like, you got to fucking hit this. Yeah, <laughs> I'll have to go back and find out what it was. But, yeah, there was a winner from green flag to checkered flag, that's for sure. I, I put my buddy Skybox NASCAR on that play, too, that day. Like, he, he – I think I – Who? Skybox – not Skybox NASCAR. <laughs> Fuck my life. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus Christ. All right. My buddy Teaser Nation, like me and him have became good friends because of the golf and everything like that. Even though like this time of the year golf ain't the same for me as going into like what I call the new season beginning at the beginning of the year in Hawaii, like tournament of champions I'm all for it. Right now, my full focus is on on NASCAR, but I think I did. I think I did message you after that and was like, you got this matchup on your you book. Did. You yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, you need to hit that. <laughs> like, this is a joke. All right. So uh, we have now reached the portion of the unofficial keyword emphasis, unofficial podcast of the nascar playoffs and super unofficial podcast of bush beer we have reached oh shit i forgot the name of the podcast laying coin podcast where this is the laying coin podcast uh the unofficial podcast of many other things um and i was about to just ask uh i was about to segment or move into our uh final segment of the night which is hashtag rory stories um, oh we're ready Oh, I just had to go get two beers out the cooler, you know. Oh, shit. One, one for you and one for me because there's only one man on this show tonight, and that's me because <laughs> we drink and we don't care if we got to get up at 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. or whatever time. I feel, like, I feel like I'm disgracing this podcast right now. Like, I feel like this podcast this episode is this is going to be boring because i'm not drinking you, you might want to grab a beer for this damn story that's coming up like that this is this is some pretty funny shit 
<laughs> oh boy here we go all right well without further ado um i'm gonna go grab a beer and i'm gonna let rory kick off our hashtag rory stories all right so we always involve these stories with my buddy adam because that that was i mean he still is my best friend but even back then like i'm single he's single we're always running around like just doing whatever we didn't give a shit long as it involved a cooler full of beer on the back of the truck and we riding around it didn't matter if we was looking for deer just spotlighting just to see you know big bucks at night like we always knew the places to go and find them well we decide we're gonna go to the damn charlotte race in october during during the chase, I guess so to call it back then, it's the playoffs now. I always get stuck on calling it the chase. Like it just sounds cooler, you know what I'm saying? The chase for the championship instead of the damn playoffs. I mean, that's what we're going after. But we we've already like experienced races all the damn time and we just enjoy going to them. And Concord's one of our favorite favorite spots to go to just because i mean not only do you have racing but you also have like good restaurants around there hanging out chilling whatever well we didn't make it to any of those restaurants hanging out or chilling or any damn thing after this we get down there pull up we're drinking we've been drinking the whole way we get in the racetrack and damn if we don't just have this connection with these crown royal people you know what i'm saying like we always find the crown roll and it always ends up being right beside our seats and people can tell that we're just wild as hell having a good time and we meet lots of damn people like just it uh, that's what nascar is all about is you meet so many just cool ass people at the racetrack like you can get along with a Kyle Busch fan or anybody else like that if they're if they have beer you have beer and you're in the bonging beers shotgunning beers or passing off damn shots or trading out this for that whatever it doesn't matter like we get up there start hanging out with them and i drive away from there like what in the hell am i thinking at this point you like i wasn't thinking i didn't think back then like nowadays you couldn't fucking pay me to damn drink and drive i just walk like i've walked like 10 miles from home before wait time um, out. next week can you tell that story your 10 mile walk home because i heard that story I, a few weeks ago maybe we'll bring the old lady on for that story oh, she would, yeah <laughs> yeah she would like that one i that that one and we weren't even fighting that night i was just out like partying with some people that i knew well, don't March ruin Matt. it don't ruin it yeah you know anyway we get back <laughs> We get back over here and <clears throat> we get back out to the parking lot. I couldn't even tell you who the hell won. Have no clue. And most of the time I can tell you anything about everything about where I've been. And don't know that. Get in the truck, start driving. Well, once all these cars start fading off as we get further down 85 on the way home, they just start trickling off, trickling off, trickling off. I finally looked at Adam. I'm like, there ain't no more fucking lights to follow, dude. I can't drive no more. 
<laughs> you gotta take over. Next thing you know, I wake up on the side of fucking 85 and there ain't a soul hardly on 85. And I'm thinking like, what's going on now? No blue lights, no nothing. So we take a piss. Then I get back in the driver's seat and start driving again. Cause I was just like, we got to get this thing going. So we finally make it, we make it through Greensboro on a detour. Cause they're working on the fucking road. Like, it, it couldn't be any more just whatever. And we weren't even mad about it. We were just, just chilling, riding around, went through the little detour section, up through downtown, it seemed like Greensboro. That was a lot of fun, you know. Like, didn't even have a gun in the car. And you're like, what the fuck is getting ready to happen to us? We're either getting ready to run over a bunch of people or we're getting ready Get ready to be in a damn down here. Well, uh, okay. So, so, so we then, we make it to the Danville where I grew up, rest stop on the way home. So we pull over there again, go to sleep. Then finally, we make it the hell back home. And like, we end up calling up some of our friends and they're like, oh wait a minute y'all just making it back home we just talked to y'all and y'all left at like 10 o'clock or whatever time it was and this is like sun's getting ready to come up we're 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 drinking again (laughs) all right well uh first of all i'm glad you made it home safe second of all um that's hashtag rory stories um, you never know what's going to happen in a NASCAR race. You never know what's going to happen on your way home from the NASCAR race. Especially if you meet Rory at a NASCAR race. Damn right. Well, maybe we'll run into uh, that version of Rory this weekend if you can swing it to Bristol. If it's not Rory, then hopefully it's one of you, and hopefully you don't drink and drive home because we do not condone that. But we have yeah, – Jake and I have a hotel – in downtown bristol and if you want to sleep on the floor message me on twitter and you have a space to stay um so final remarks um one thing that i've been meaning to say all damn podcast is jake and i since we're going to be at bristol together we're going to be in tennessee legal betting state um we're going to do a collaboration card um and all of our plays are going to be the same. We're going to go to the sports book. We're going to be those nerds with the piece of paper and the pencil. Y'all um, got a shotgun, a beer for every damn bet. Uh, okay. We, w- we wouldn't make it, Rory. Sign- we wouldn't make no. it. Sign me up. How about just drink a beer for every bet? How about that? No, shotgun. we got a shotgun at least a few. How about we shotgun for every outright? How about that? Okay, there, there we, we go. go. I was getting ready to right. say How are we talking? outright yeah all right hell yeah all right um yeah we'll be up in bristol this weekend uh shoot me a message on twitter if you're gonna be up there love to drink beer with you we'll be down in the in the garage uh in the infield i I got a feeling i'm gonna get a wild hair up my ass we'll we'll, we'll buy we'll buy your ticket roy oh shit Y'all going to actually take me in there. You know, I've been kicked out before at Martinsville, right? That's another Rory story. Oh, boy. And I got and I got back in. Jesus. 
So yeah, Jake and I are going to do our worst to not get kicked out of the garage area on Thursday night of the truck race, but we'll be down there. We'll be doing some live reporting, some beer drinking. I don't even know if it's allowed, but we're going to try and hopefully we don't get kicked <laughs> out. Um, but all maybe right, you boys, can get Zane. Maybe you can get a picture with Zane Smith and his fiance. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. I thought that the was, hell was the hell. The hell was Zane. Yeah, the hell was Zane. <laughs> <laughs> I love Zane though. Even so though, do I. what in the hell happened last week that they didn't show on TV? That priest got by him right there in the final. Just oh yeah. I didn't even pay attention to it happening. I'm sitting there like, all right, got out of the truck race. I'm positive. I'm good. And I look up and I'm like, it was such an intense battle picking up up front. I wasn't even paying attention to it. Fox wasn't even paying attention to it. I'm assuming he got into the wall running high line. That's he might have, or he might have been saving gas or I don't know what the hell happened, but yeah. Did you have a matchup on that? I had him top three. Oh, oh shit. That was the shit box. See, I had Reese top three. Damn. Yes. Yes. All right, boys. That was heartbreak. Um, it was fun tonight. Um, let's go cash some bets at Bristol. And uh, this is the Laying Coin Podcast. Maybe we'll have an outro this week. Who knows? Jake, we're going to have you back on a little more. I'll be back. Whenever y'all yes, ready. Sir. Hell yes, yeah. sir. All right, boys. Sayonara. <laughs>